Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. Welcome everyone to the first ever LinkedIn Live from your truly Sam Dunning. And um, thought I'd do something a bit spicy for, for the first ever episode. I thought I'd record a live version of my podcast, Sam's Business Growth Show. So I'm joined today by Christian Burton, and he's the CEO and founder at Pipeline Upgrade. How's it going, Christian? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good, Sam. I'm honoured to be your, your guinea pig today for this live broadcast. So thank you. <laughs> it could go... Um, could go anywhere. Hopefully, it'll be uh, nice and smooth at the moment. It's, it seems to be running okay, so uh, we'll, we'll jump into it. And um, yeah, I've got a quick quick intro for Christian. So anyone that doesn't know Christian, he was born in Spain in Marbella. Um, he's a CEO and founder over at Pipeline Upgrade, which is the UK's fastest growing appointment setting agency. Uh, they use a unique paper meeting risk free commercial model and are trusted by many major tech companies to keep their sales rolling. He's got sales hubs in the UK. Spain and they're expanding into the US and Middle East next year. So um, yeah, as always on the show, there's a few things that we'd like to cover with uh, Christian. We want to learn a bit about his story. So a bit about his background and in terms of, well, we know where he grew up, but his first taste of business and sales. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then a few uh, a few companies he's worked at and some actionable tips that he can share with us in terms of sales, in terms of business, or in terms of marketing up to founding his own company. And then we'll chat a bit about how he's grown that, how he acquires pipeline, and how he helps businesses so we can share all these value to, add valuable tips for everyone tuning in today. So um, yeah, question if you could take away, my friend, that'd be great. Yeah, thank you very much, Sam. Um, so how I got into sales? Well, uh, it kind of started with my education, to be honest, which is quite odd because you don't get taught sales at school or university. But um, I actually studied architecture and design, and it took me four years of my degree at university for my headmaster or the head teacher at the time to say, Christian, I've got something to tell you, I'm afraid. And this was during my last major project. And he said, you can't draw to say your rubbish drawings better than the people that can draw. So he said, I, I suggest you get into some communication-based sort of role, job. Okay. <laughs> so the, so that's, that, that was kind of my safety net was to be an architect because my, my mother owned a big company in the south of Spain that did interior design and architecture. But that all fell through once I realized I couldn't draw. And, um, and then I actually started in London doing uh, probably one of the hardest types of sales, which is, is becoming extinct, sadly, at the moment, which is door knocking. I actually... Uh, Got given a patch, which coming from Marbella to Hackney and Brixton, which was my area to cover, was a, a big wake-up call. It wasn't quite the same, and uh, I was going door to door trying to sell, believe it or not, makeup, which just was just wonderful, as you can imagine. Um, That's definitely a bit of a change from wanting to be an architect to door-to-door -door sales and uh, makeup. I, I bet that was pretty hard work, wasn't it? A bit of a shock to the system. It was. I mean, to be honest, you know, my, my father is kind of one of these guys that really wants you to start from the bottom and it's hard graft. And a lot of people assume when you say Marbella, you get a silver spoon. And don't get me wrong, you know, I had a great upbringing, but it was never going to be an easy journey for me. He, he wanted me to learn everything from the ground up and uh, 
maybe not necessarily selling makeup in Brixton, but that's where I ended up. And it was a commission only role. And I wouldn't have changed it for the world looking back at it because it would give me the best foundation possible. You know, if you could do that, you can do anything, you know, walking around London with a, a big suitcase in the rain, wearing a suit. And um, after that, I managed to get a job with a great big tech company, which was fantastic, had a great culture a company called Kiyosera, which uh, sold photocopiers and, and printers and that sort of software, a document management that goes with it. And it was quite interesting because I felt, you know, going from door knocking in the rain to having a nice cozy office to sit in with a phone where the biggest type of rejection could be maybe someone hanging up on you. I thought I've died and gone to heaven, whereas a lot of people actually find, you know, cold calling a, a very challenging and embarrassing task. I thought, you know, you really need to try door knocking before you judge this. Um, so so that's how I sort of started getting into what I call. Yeah, awesome. Man. I bet. I bet there was quite some lessons that you learned from both those experiences, really, in terms of, like you say, being thrown at and in at the deep end, door knocking. Was there any um, takeaways that you could share with us in terms of sales skills, in terms of being able to deal with tricky situations and thinking on your feet and stuff like that? Oof. Um, I think the biggest thing is to be authentic. Um, people can see through, like, BS quite quickly. Excuse my friend. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, and when you're looking in some in the whites of someone's eyes, it's 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 very obvious to them when you're trying to pull this, you know, the wool over their eyes, so to speak. Excuse the pun. Um, so I would say always be authentic. And even if you feel that you're potentially not getting your pitch out correctly, don't worry about that. Just be open and honest with the customer at that point and say, look, I've I've totally conked this up sort of thing. I'd love to just start again or, or will you give me the time to explain a bit better? And, and, you know, most people out there have got a son or a daughter who's going to get their first ever job at some point and is going to probably go through something similar to what you're going through if you're going, if they start in sales. So I think most people are empathetic with your situation, but we're always fearful of being judged, you know, so that, that fear has to be sort of removed because it's not going to help you in any way. Got it. Okay. So that authenticity, being honest, being upfront with people. Um, that makes sense, man. And then you moved on to photocopiers and printers, which was B2B rather than B2C, it sounds like. Yeah, it, absolutely. And, you know, photocopiers, that industry is a really interesting industry because let's be honest, photocopiers, they're not the sexiest product in the world to sell. They're not, you know, it's not like trying to sell iPhones when they first came <laughs> out. And uh, I joined that industry at sort of the tail end of the golden years, let's call it. So when it came to trying to sell photocopiers, and I used to run their telesales team for a long time, that's when you really get tested on how good you are at selling because you haven't got a product that's just going to sell itself. You know, it's a very commoditized industry. So that's when, it, that's when you know, you separate the good from the bad, so to speak. Um, and then, yeah, did that for, for eight years. Um, had a great time, great journey. Uh, and then obviously my parents always resided out here in Spain. Um, I'm the only son, they're 80 plus years old and they had health issues. And I had to make a choice three and a half years ago now to uh, move back out here to look after them, you know, um, which was just a really difficult decision. It seems to a lot of people like such an obvious choice. Why wouldn't you move back to the sun? But, you know, I'd built a life in the UK for 12 years and it was, uh, it was my sort of new home, so it wasn't an easy choice, but um, decided to do something that I knew I could do well, which is what I was doing at that company for a long time, which was running telesales teams and lead generation. Those leads were drip fed at the time to channel partners to 
resellers. So I had a good network of resellers, a, a black book of contactors, as we will call it in, in sales. And I Got knew it. what I could do well. So Pipeline Upgrade was born. Nice. Awesome, man. Um, and just before we move into Pipeline Upgrade and how you've grown that over the over the last couple of years or so, um, are there anything, any tips you could share with us? So B2B sales, quite a transition from knocking on doors and uh, asking general consumers to, to buy your goods. Um, and like you say, it was quite a nice change because it meant you could phone people rather than uh, having to be in their face and having to deal straight up with the rejection. You could just hang up, move on to the next one or, or get a nice little rejection email. Um, there must have been a few tips you picked up in terms of sales, in terms of business, that sort of things whilst you're doing that as you're doing it for eight years. Um, and like you say, photocopies and printers isn't the easiest game because there's so many, there's so much competition, isn't there, in that, that kind of industry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't want to sort of repeat myself, but the authentic part is key. Um, I think sure. the big difference between sort of door knocking, if you will, to um, calling B2B as an example is that when you're about to prospect for business to business, you've got the opportunity of time. You've got the opportunity of researching that company. Whereas if I was going into a barber shop in Brixton, I don't know what my customer is going to be like. I don't know what their pains are. I don't know what, how to resolve those pains. You know, I remember I was approaching when I was doing the door knocking uh, Valentine's Day. So I kind of can make some educated guesses that maybe makeup would be quite a nice gift for the, you know, for the other half of the loved ones, you know, at that time. But, but, but joking aside, when it comes to business to business, you, you've got the opportunity to research the company a bit more before you actually sort of um, make that call or that email. So, so that clearly, you know, research is key. Um, the other thing is, you know, having a positive mindset, as, as it sounds so obvious, you know, um, a lot of people get burnt out very quickly in sales, especially in that sort of entry role. And I think it's because a lot of people watch a lot of TV these days. They watch The Apprentice, they watch all these things, and they think they're going to be the next Alan Sugar overnight. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a while to build a career um, and to get good at something, especially at sales. And you've got to sort of swallow your pride. Um, so I would say that's a, a really important thing as well, not to be too proud to get your hands dirty, really. Yeah, no, that's that's great points. Research, like you say, and, and positivity. And just like in sales and business in general, we're dealing with rejection almost every single day. Um, is Have you got any tips on how to overcome that? I don't think there's no there's a simple answer, really, Christian. We've all got our own ways of dealing it. With me, I, I usually kind of start hitting things for a little while, start banging my desk. My, my uh, fiance downstairs says, Sam, shut up. And then we'll, uh, 10 minutes later, I'll, I might be calmed down a bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we're kind of really big at Pipeline Upgrade uh, mindfulness. So we've got okay. mindfulness coaches, which help us with this and help our, our agents with this sort of thing. Um, but the first thing is kind of understanding that, you know, a situation is quite often not a bad or a good situation. You've just sort of labeled it as one or the other because of what you've historically been taught to think. Whereas, you know, as I put a video out quite recently, actually, you know, somebody be, could be reaching over to pick up the phone to you and spill a coffee on themselves. And as a result, pick up in an angry way, not be too sort of pleasant to you over the phone. And you've taken that personally and let it affect the rest of your day. And it could have nothing to do with you. So it's about kind of understanding that you shouldn't be labeling moments as good or bad. They're just moments in the day. And, you know, um, that, that's one thing. But, you know, as a tip, you know, I guess music is a really powerful thing. Personally, that that's where I go to if I'm if I don't go in the sun <laughs> to get some vitamin D and try to cheer up for a bit. But um, but no, ultimately, we are all going to face those negative calls at some time. And uh, 
having a, a sort of a song that picks you up and plays on your emotions that you can link to maybe a great time in your life. I think it just triggers those positive memories and takes you to a different place for a moment. You're able to that disconnect really. Definitely. Music can be really powerful. Completely agree. And uh, can help pick you up when you're feeling a bit down spirits, which happens a lot. Like you say, all right, man. Um, well, let's, yeah, let's learn a bit more about why you, why you started pipeline upgrade and yeah, if you could guide us through a bit more about the journey, how how you started it, as in, was the journey an easy one? Did you have customers ready to rock and roll or were you hard grafting on the on the, on the the telephone or on social? Tell us a bit more. Okay, uh, I, I guess why I started Pipeline Upgrade was obviously to, to get that financial and um, lifestyle freedom. And I think it's just important to say that because our motto here is don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. And I felt that what was available out there in terms of lead generation was always very focused on how many number of calls have you made, um, you know, uh, ultimately having people behind rows of desks for, for a long period of time. And the best salespeople that I knew out there didn't, well, weren't only incentivized by money, but they actually wanted more flexibility and, and not, a, not a lot of companies out there could offer that. So I wanted to create something that kind of helped those sales professionals first and foremost, but also I wanted to give something clearly to clients that would attract them to be customers straight away, because guess what? I, I didn't have an income at that point and I needed something that was going to work. And, I, and, and as a result, you know, a lot of traditional lead generation agencies, um, they charge, like I say, for call time, they'll charge you day rates and typically they'll charge you for data for the campaign and they'll charge you setup fees to design your script. But most of the time you'll get to the end of those campaigns and lo and behold, the predictions which are based on previously previous experiences never work out as planned. So a lot of people out there will say, oh, I outsourced and I got my fingers burnt. So I thought, right, how can we solve this problem? And the way that we did it is we came up with a, a cost per meeting model where we basically negotiate with our clients a cost for every appointment that takes place. And if the client basically goes to the appointment and it doesn't work out as planned, i.e. it's not the right shape and size of company as we pre-agreed, we replace the meeting. And if we get to the end of the time frame and we haven't delivered, say, 10 at the meetings they've purchased, we've only done eight, we actually refund them the two at the same rate they paid for them within five days. So there's no other costs. We supply the data, the pitch, everything. So it's a very commercially risk-free proposition. And to be quite frank with you, to a lot of these companies, it becomes a bit of a no-brainer. Why wouldn't I give this a go? Worst case scenario, I'll get my money back. Um, so I think that's why we've grown really you know, quite dramatically. And obviously by actually doing what we say we're gonna do and managing to retain and renew our clients, because typically we don't sign big long-term contracts with clients. They buy 10 appointments and they give us a month to do them. So we've got to constantly prove ourselves every month to them to keep them. So got it. Okay. That's, that's it really. So a mix of having that flexibility for yourself and your team, it sounds like, and then offering your clients almost a kind of risk-free model has helped you quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, growing the second part of your question, you know, how has it been actually growing the pipeline upgrade? Um, we've been on a journey, you know, um, when we initially set up the business or when I set up the business, the Royal We, um, we used to work with other telemarketing agencies. We, we would negotiate a, a deal with them behind the scenes and we would outsource to them. Um, and we, we vetted who we felt were the best agencies out there in the UK. And, you know, we quickly found out that a lot of our clients in the IT sector, they didn't really enjoy 
sort of the quality of what was being done. So we actually decided to bring it in-house. So it was a really big transition as a business going from outsourcing the service to bringing it in-house. And um, it was the best thing we ever did. And as I say, you know, now we headhunt freelance telemarketers that are very experienced. The average age of our agents is between 35 and 45 years old. So, you know, they're very experienced in what they do. Um, they're very credible on the phone. And that's, that's really helped us to get to where we are and get the quality right for, for, for our clients. Really. So initially, we started working, for example, with a lot of resellers, a lot of people that resell IT products. And what happened was um, once we built a good reputation in that market, a lot of these resellers would go to the manufacturers that they, you know, the, the people that make the products that they sell, the vendors. And they would ask them to uh, effectively go in partnership with us on what they call an MDF fund, a marketing fund. So that's been a really attractive channel for us, which we're growing. And we're doing that with, with some massive you know, vendors in the UK at the moment. It's been very successful. The vendors win out of it because they get to see where their money's been spent with the MDF fund. And rather than say a, a reseller get £5,000 a month worth of funding, with us, that £5,000 could equate to £100,000, if not more, of opportunity. So it's a lot more valuable way of spending that money. Okay, cool. Um, decent. And are there any... I mean, obviously, you guys are built around telemarketing and appointment setting. Um, so I'm guessing that plays a bit of part in terms of how you pick up business. But are there any digital channels, Kristen, that you as a company like to use to, to build up new clients? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. You know, LinkedIn is, is clearly a massive part of where we win clients. Um, we've dipped our toe in the water with SEO. It's, we're, we're probably a prime customer for you. <laughs> we haven't we haven't actually gone too far with that. Um, but but, you know, LinkedIn, we, we don't do too much email marketing, if I'm honest. Um, but most of our clients, if I'm completely honest, have come from word of mouth and referrals. And, you know, I did a video about that quite recently. You know, I still believe, you know, whether you want to use your phone, your email, whatever, ultimately, they're just communication methods. You know, your most powerful tool is your referrals, it's your network. And if you're doing the right job, you shouldn't have to worry about growing because people will talk about you. Um, and that's what I would always, you know, uh, advocate that people try to do more of is, is ask people in their network who they might know that could be introduced to them. Um, but but that's, that, that's my main tip. But, Decent. Yeah, referrals are always good. Um, have you got any tips for, for, for actually asking for those? I mean, a lot of guests that have come on have said um, things like do great work and then they'll come. Some some people don't actually like to ask for them. Some people just say you, do, you should just do brilliant work and then they'll come themselves. Some say wait to finish a project or finish the product, make sure the client's happy, then ask if you know anyone that could benefit from this. Is there is there any kind of method, methodology you've got in, in terms of asking for them? Yeah, I mean we're quite bold in how we do things and mm. and for example when we launch a client a lot of people are surprised that we post out on linkedin that we've launched a, a new campaign with x client um and that's because they're fearful of that you're going to lose that client if you put out there you know your competition is going to come and try to steal your client away whereas we ask our clients pretty much on day one that we want to build a case study with them you know so we put a flag in the sand and at the same time, we say to them, if we do a good job for you, would you be happy to introduce us to people where there's no conflict of interest, clearly? And so it kind of makes us committed from day one to ensuring that it's going to go well. 
because we've got everything to lose. Not only the fact that if we don't book quality meetings, we don't make money because we're ultimately refunding the money. It's our reputation as well. So we really just want to sort of, you know, put our skin in the deal and actually just make a mark from day one and, and publicize it across LinkedIn that we're going to make this happen. I like that. I like what you just said there, building a case study with your clients and letting them know from the outset that you actually want to showcase the work you're doing with them. And uh, I guess it gives them exposure as well as you at the same time. So it's, it's kind of like a bit like a win-win. And I know you're doing quite a bit of video, aren't you, Christian, um, at the moment? I see your vids on LinkedIn with, like you say, the, the tips and referrals. So is, is that proving quite successful? Yeah. You know what? It, I'll be honest. I hesitated because I didn't think it would be as successful as it as it has been. And, yeah. you know, even today, I've been really sort of nervous getting on this. It's my first time of doing this live video call. But, uh, you know, we do get a lot of inquiries and, and a lot of praise for those videos. Um, I, I wouldn't say they're kind of hot to trot opportunities. I, I would say that they're opportunities to engage with companies that we may know have perhaps never been on their radar before. So we've, you know, a lot of people share other videos. And it's entered a lot of other networks that my my normal organic reach wouldn't have reached on its own sort of thing. So it's, it's worked well from that perspective. Um, and obviously a core part of what we do as well, besides the appointment setting is prospect training. So we actually teach people how to prospect like we do if they've got their own internal teams, which a lot of companies have already invested in. So it's kind of a, a way of demonstrating and giving a flavor for the sort of things that we would actually teach their teams if we were to actually, you know, become a a, a, a sort of a, a supplier of theirs for training sort of thing awesome okay now that makes sense what you said about the video i think what i found personally from linkedin is a lot of the time the content that i put out so whether that's video based content whether it's text-based images or whatever a lot of the time the inbound opportunities i get anyway are sometimes people i i don't even know um i'm connected to and they might message you like sam i've been following you for a while i liked your video the other day on x and like the co content you put out on why um and you're thinking, wow, like these, these guys have actually been looking at my stuff for some time. And now they've seen this piece of content. So this video maybe on something that I talked about, a tip, uh, that's then prompted them to, to reach out. So it's not like an instant thing. It's just building that trust over time. And yeah. when people are ready, then they connect with you and reach out. Absolutely. I mean, that's the name of the game, isn't it? In sales, it's how to build trust. And it's the, it's the, hardest, it's the hardest thing to do from cold. And I think that's where... You know, I, I'm a big believer that there'll be no replacement ever for looking in the whites of someone's eyes and, and mainly a face-to-face -face meeting, although you can clearly do that on video here. It's not, for me, the same doing a virtual meeting to actually having a, 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 you know, a, a personal meeting with someone sat in the office with them. And I think that at least video is that sort of step closer to gaining trust over uh, uh, online. And, uh, and that's why I think those videos are quite powerful to do. Um, and it just shows your personality, which you're not always going to get across from an advert or a, sometimes an email. You know, it's a much it's a much more sort of personal way of doing it, I think. Cool, man. Well, um, as you are a champion appointment setter, for anyone that's, that's tuning in, that's listening, that's watching live, um, have you got any tips on how to book more appointments over the phone? So for anyone that's thinking right now i do quite quite a lot of cold calling um i'm not getting the the conversion rates uh, that i'd like to see from from call to to book app book appointment are there any uh, quick quick tips you can share with us please christian uh yeah i've got a few um the the main one that i would say and i've seen this happen for the last 12 years is 
you have to have an angle before you pick up the phone. Um, and what I mean by an angle is a lot of companies will have a pitch. They'll have a set of data to call and they'll be just hitting the phone and getting through their numbers and going, I hope one of these people picks up and then I hope this, this pitch resonates with them. But for me, the catalyst to kind of bringing it all together is, is having that angle. And this kind of comes back to what I mentioned a bit earlier on in the, in the podcast, which was um, doing a little bit of research. Now, I think research is, is a fine, uh, it's, it's a balancing game, really, because you can over-research and then, you, then you're not hitting the right number of calls a day. But having an angle, you know, if I'm about to call a healthcare organization for, uh, I don't know, printers, for example, well, it's kind of quite obvious that they're going to be in high demand right now and their print volume is going to be quite high. So their costs are going to be quite high. So there's no point in me just calling up and talking to them about a new product and not relating it to potential cost savings and, and, and being empathetic in the fact that they're probably inundated with calls right now for service in IT and things like that. So it's, it's about having a bit of an angle before you call. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing, which I'm sure most of your listeners already or your viewers already know is, is having that positive attitude, you know, it's, it's sure. going in, it's going into it, knowing that no call is personal to you and they're not, you know, no objection, sorry, is personal to you. Um, that person might just be having their own problems that day and just not, not let one call affect the rest of your say 80 calls that day, you know, just carry on. Um, and, you know, understand that the person on the other end of the phone is selling you a reason not to meet and you're trying to sell them a reason to meet. So you're ultimately both in sales. It's just going to come down to who's the better salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of uh, the Wolf of Wall Street where he says um, every call you get sold, either they, if you sell them why, why they'll buy it or they sell you an excuse why they don't. <laughs> there you go. It's probably Fantastic. where I've heard it. <laughs> that, no, that's, like the it. Only, that's the only part I copy, by the way. Nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, enjoyable film. Cool, man. Um, well, we've covered some good ground. We've learned your story. We've learned um, kind of how you've grown your business and some of the channels. So we've we've talked some good stuff really in terms of kind of generating referrals, using video, um, kind of positivity on the phone, and and taking the right angle and understanding the business that you're calling. So essentially warming up the call really, so you're not just going in blind, and you you yeah. kind of taking the right right attitude and understanding where they're at rather than just guessing and hoping for the best making better sense of your time um okay man well uh, in terms of um your company are there any any particular highs or any particular lows sometimes i like to ask if there's any low points and how you overcome those or any particular high points you'd like to share with us Oof. uh we'll start with the lows they're always easier to remember <laughs> no um I, I, I don't know if i'd call them lows but i'd certainly call them awkward times in business and uh i think one of the biggest benefits of being a business owner that I realized early on is you finally get to choose the people you work with. Um, whereas if you're an employee for a company, a lot of the time you're kind of forced to, to work with certain people. And, uh, you know, there's been a couple of occasions and luckily only two occasions in the last three and a bit years we've been running where we've actually just had to sort of close the door on, on certain clients because it's not about the fact that we couldn't perform for them. It was the fact that every time my phone would ring, I would get anxiety. And it was a feeling that I thought I never want to have to have this again. I think we've so, all been there. Yeah. So it was, it was a low because it was, you know, in one occasion, it was a huge deal. Um, so it was kind of like nice to have that money come in as a new business. And obviously, as I say, the clients buy upfront from us. So we have to refund that money. So it's horrible seeing it leave the account. But 
that 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 was a big lesson learned i think is not just to take on any business just because it's it looks like a nice big chunky deal to have in your account uh and and make sure you actually deal with people you actually enjoy working with um and and yeah and and i think the highs have been just meeting and growing our agents you know we've got nearly 50 people now um in our agents pool where you know who generate meetings from us and because we've got the sales hub, sales hub here in Marbella, we've had people fly out to Spain. We've had clients fly out to Spain. Um, we go out, we, we go to the beach together. We, we just we feel like we're working with friends. And for me, it kind of feels like, actually, I haven't built a company. I've built a, a big bunch of new friends that I get to work with that make, help them make more money and, and, and at the same time help me build a life as well. So that, that's been my high. It's doing something in a very different way to the norm, really. Good stuff, man. I like the um, the first point you mentioned about being um, well, being able to fire clients because, like you say, not every deal is a good deal, and sometimes when when it's been a slow month, a slow week, slow quarter, whatever, and the opportunity of cash is on the table, you're thinking, ah, oh, well, we do need do need some business flowing in. But at the same time, if you can usually sense, not always, but quite often when you speak to people, you can sense if they're going to be demanding a lot of your time if they're asking for things that are really difficult to carry out, if they want things done yesterday, they want everything done super fast. So you can kind of get a grasp if they're going to using, be using up a lot of your own or your team's time and energy. And like I say, knowing when to turn down work, not always easy, but it's something that you learn the hard way. And I certainly learned the hard way over the years. We, we call it avoiding the supplier slave relationship. It's, it's yeah. that's, that's pretty much how we internally call it. And yeah, you're right. You can pick up on it straight away. Normally yeah. after they sign their contract. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Have you got any um, any habits that you can share with us in terms of kind of daily routines or anything like that you think have been uh, a great angle in terms of your success in, in your business? Uh, in terms of personal habits or, or sales? Could be either. Could be personal, could be business, could be fitness, could be anything that you um, think about your success. I, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds a bit weird, but I would say eating is such a big part of it <laughs> which is great because most of us love eating um eating healthy um you know you are what you eat if you're if you're good on the inside you'll be good on the outside sort of thing and um you know i i, I spent years doing meal deals in in the uk i spent years having a sandwich a bag of crisps and iron brew which is my favorite sort of soft drink <laughs> and 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 i can't believe how different i feel from just eating fresh foods um so my energy levels are much better. I work better. I sleep better. Uh, so eating the right sort of food. And, and then absolutely, you know, you mentioned it already, exercise. For me, the gym is where I disconnect from the world. It's where I get my hour and a half of sort of freedom from everything. The phone goes off. Otherwise, my trainer would kill me if I was looking at my phone during the sessions. And it's just where I can just unleash hell, you know, physically. <laughs> and, and I think we need to do that, especially in a lead generation role where you're making maybe 80 to 100 calls a day. It's, it, people think it's draining on your mind, but it's physically draining as well. Agree. Agree. I, I completely think that sales, business, whatever you're in, you need some kind of um, relax or some, some, something that you can do. It doesn't matter if it's going to the gym, if it's running or something that takes your mind off um, where you can put your phone down for 45 minutes an hour hour and a half however long it is and just refresh really whether it's yeah. taking your dog for a walk going for a run whatever you like to do i think it's yeah, quite yeah. important and you can um, revitalize and come back ready to rock and roll cool man is there one thing christian one thing that businesses can be doing on digital marketing from today that's going to help their business uh 
You had to say digital put, marketing. Put, put you on the spot there, haven't I? Yeah. Uh, work with you. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I think. I think the thing that they need to do is be conscious that there's there's not you know a lot of people think of digital marketing and they just think one thing they think SEO they think LinkedIn they think you know and in my experience in the same way as lead generation you know more broadly it you have to get the combination of things right it's it's having that that sequence of the journey the client's going to be on so I think um, not just putting all your eggs in one basket and focusing on one thing like just only your website or only your LinkedIn. A lot of people look at their budget and say, right, let's put everything there. I think you need to spread your bets a bit and and actually, most importantly, analyze what's at the end of it, which is where most companies fail. They, they spend the money. They say, we didn't get the results we hoped, you know, through digital marketing sometimes. And they they then just say, right, well, that's, that's something we're never going to do again. Whereas there's probably a very good lesson learned there that they forget to look at. I like it. Some great points, man. Awesome stuff. Um, so as we are recording live, if anyone watching on LinkedIn wants to ask a question to myself or Christian, we'll, we'll do a couple of those Q&A at the end. Um, but as, as for everyone else, you've been tuning into Sam's Business Growth Show via LinkedIn Live, where we sit down with business leaders, experts and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business. Um, Christian, we'd like to ask everyone that comes on, if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? Oof. Um, uh, it sounds a bit cheesy, but it has to be 100% my father. You know, um, there's, there's no way, no two ways about it. You know, I was, I was a very spoiled child growing up. And I was very uh, annoyed when I turned into sort of 18, 21. And I thought, why am I being so hard done by when all my friends that grew up with me in Marbella are driving Ferraris now and I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm just so happy that he kind of made me go down the, the, the hard route because now I feel like whatever happens in life, I always have the skill set to be able to pick myself back up. And I'm not reliant on 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 sort of that that family fund, which <laughs> definitely. <exist anymore. laughs> no, I completely agree. It's so much more rewarding as well, isn't it, when you've worked for it from from scratch and kind of built, built your way up. Yeah, cool, dude. Awesome. So, Christian, give us a quick snapshot of your business, um, and let everyone that's tuning in or listening know the best way to get in touch with yourself. Um, let's hear it. Okay, so Pipeline Upgrades, uh, we are a company that's changing the world of lead generation as we know it. Um, we are generating a cost, risk-free, ultimately, um, appointment setting uh, services for you. And the way that we can get in touch is by emailing me at christian.burton at pipelineupgrade.com, or you can visit pipelineupgrade.com, or just add me on LinkedIn, Christian Burton. And we will offer you a commercially risk-free to, way to grow your business. Uh, we will get you in front of customers, which at the end of the day is what most marketing efforts, whether you go to a trade show, whether you're doing email marketing, you're doing SEO, what good looks like out of all those sort of streams is ultimately getting you to propose your solution to a decision maker. We'll cut out all the if, buts and maybes and just give you that cost per meeting to work with. Awesome, dude. Christian, thanks very much for coming on, man. No worries. Thank you, Sam. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, 
but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.